Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, a bi-monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout. The show is produced at KMSU Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. And here on the Foxy Podcast, we try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. And welcome to episode number 112 of the Foxy Podcast show. Hope you're all doing well out there, wherever you're listening from. We started things off with the track Snaking Branch from Lee Noble's latest release called The Hell of You Come In. One of my favorite tapes from 2017. Lee has been putting out solo material since 2010, around the same time that the podcast started, so I've actually played several of his releases on the show over the years. His music hovers in that sweet spot between hazy abstraction and hypnotic songcraft. 
And in addition to creating his own music, Noble has helped co-run the No Kings label with Stephen Molyneux, issuing works from several notable artists such as Sparkling Wide Pressure, Ekin Phil, Derek Rogers, Motion Sickness of Time Travel, and many more. Noble's graphic design work helped No Kings establish a very striking and unique visual presence within the whole cassette underground. When I learned that Noble recently relocated from Los Angeles to the Twin Cities area here in Minnesota, I thought he'd be a great guest to have on the show, and I'm pleased to say that he is indeed joining us in the studio for this installment. He'll be doing a short performance and then hanging around to discuss his music and his work with No Kings. He also brought along a stash of No Kings tapes for us to play, too. Before we get to all that, though, I thought I'd play a few more tracks from Lee's back catalog, starting with this one called Parents from his 2011 album Horrorism.
right, you just heard a track called Real Light on Real Objects, which comes from a split release that Lee did with Sparkling Wide Pressure, came out on Bathetic. In front of that, we heard Evil Book from his release Creeping Death Fever, which I believe was the first uh, Lee Noble release that I ever heard. This came out in a CDR from Lestation Radar, a label that he would go on to work with uh, on other things as well. And then we heard Valley View from his 2015 release called Unlook out on Patient Sounds. And then again, we started off with Parents from his great album, Horrorism. And at this time, I'm going to hand things over to Lee Noble in the other studio for an in-studio session here.
Okay, well, thanks so much, uh, Lee, for coming down here. Thank you for having me. Just, you know, the weather is happening. It's snowing. The mm-hmm. Vikings are playing. But yet oh, are you're they? here. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I, I wanted to say, that, you know, first, I'm happy to have you here. I, f- I feel like your music has developed roughly over the same timeline that the Foxy Podcast show ha- has been going. And actually, I look back at old playlists and blog posts, and I saw that uh, your Creeping Death Fever release was featured on the third episode that I did back in the fall oh, of wow. 2010. Okay. So your yeah. music goes way back to the and beginning. That was the f- I think that was like the first thing I released pretty yeah. much. And that you said uh, bef- when you first arrived that you don't even have a copy of that one. So no. you were surprised to see it I- in the flesh. I wasn't sure <laughs> that it actually existed and i was okay with that yeah (laughs) is that a release that you would look back and go "Mm, you don't want to hear it again Oh, definitely okay well we played something from it yeah i mean interesting (laughs) just take it as that it's like 10 years old it's it's and uh yeah just totally different a a lot has happened yeah yeah well you recently relocated from from los angeles to here in, in the twin cities and I was just wondering, first off, how has that transition been for you so far? I mean, you've come at a time where it has just been brutally cold. And I'm wondering, are you thinking to yourself, what the hell did I do? Why am I here? It is way too cold. <laughs> um, and uh, and I do miss Los Angeles. But on the other hand, Los Angeles was on fire yeah, you know, true, right. as soon as I left. <laughs> so uh, it's just going to be one of those two I guess that you have to choose from and uh but Los Angeles is great and and I have some family here so uh, it's nice to be with family yeah was the fire a a sign like oh maybe it was time for me to get out well I mean that happened after I left and I saw that and I was just like that is so scary yes yes so scary so some of the images of people traveling down the highway on the 405 it's like, like right by the Getty yeah burning up mm-hmm. well having lived here in minnesota for so long i you know i've kind of come to appreciate the winter months at least at times um you can sort of go into this hibernation mode focusing on projects uh you know maybe without feeling like you have to go out and do stuff right <laughs> so I, i'm wondering do you feel like uh, this new environment has had any impact on your creative process or your output at all since you've been here or is it just too uh, soon to tell i have been so productive since I've been here um my last tape that I put out it took me about a year to work mm-hmm. on that material and finish it and I mean I was w- working full time also so you know I'm it's after hours but uh, I already have a new tape yeah. done oh wow in like 2 months and that's that's very fast for me so um and then I've also applied to um i've just been applying to grad school oh okay and i've i just put in my last application um Mm -hmm. yesterday so i feel like i've done a whole lot (laughs) since i've (laughs) uh, been here since you've been holed up inside right yeah yeah well your music has always moved between this this certain degree of hazy ambient abstraction and and more song-based stuff oftentimes kind of bridging the gap, what I think pretty seamlessly. And I'm wondering if, if songwriting, air quotes songwriting, <laughs> for you is like a process of discovering songs 
sort of embedded in the sounds that you're working with. You know, like perhaps you latch on to maybe a little melodic line or a rhythmic pattern. I mean, is that is there a sense of discovery even for you when you're working with your with various you know synthesizers and equipment like that? Yeah, that's definitely like exactly what it is. Um, I don't often write a song before I've started to record it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, I think you can tell. I've always, I've always just um, sort of done whatever I wanted with recording. I don't know. I just think that it's like making music is, uh, you know, an experiment, and I'm very comfortable with that, and I've never um, really tried to make it not that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't – the song isn't really finished until it's like – I'm done recording it, you know, sure. and so um, there's a lot of different stuff that happens when you work that way because I'm just more about making decisions as I'm working than right. than um, conceptualizing. Um, You're not laboring over stuff per se. It has to just well feel right in in terms of yeah. In that I mean, moment. I work. I just work by doing. Okay. And not by. I'm not. I'm not really a writer. I mean. I'm not writer in the sense that I sit down and just think about what's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. It's not, and I don't want to uh, say that I'm just like screwing around or something (laughs) because I always make it. I always make it sound like that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, just work by doing and and I'm making decisions. Yeah. It's about making decisions by working yeah well you alluded to this when we referenced that creeping uh was it creeping death fever release that uh about well let me start by this saying you know i I find with the work that i do even with with this show that i have a really hard time going back after i've completed something and ever listening to it again i just i can't really bear to listen to myself uh so i as an artist are you able to look back on some of your previous work with a certain level of critical distance as a means of sort of pushing your work forward? Or is it just something that once it's done, you move on from that? I have started to look back and consider things more as I go. So that release is so old that, I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, I feel so old. Um, And a couple others, you know, um, I've, I feel like, I'm comfortable with saying that I've abandoned those (laughs) releases and, and, uh, but now, now I like to be more careful and considered about, um, you know, putting things out more deliberate with what you want to do rather than just putting up stuff for the sake of putting it out. Yeah. And, um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad approach because I feel like I've been really, um, been really honest with my, output Mm -hmm. uh like i've always just thought of it like i'm just somebody who's working on music and here it is right that's what i worked on for this selection of time and i'm not trying to like trick anybody you know elevate it into something like it's this no lofty piece that you put out yeah it's not really like that i'm not like it's not yeah, I don't know. That's just like that's what I worked on. This right. is the material. Here it is. It's just a straight presentation of 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 
somebody who's like trying to do work. Right. And you mentioned that process is important to you. I mean, to me, you're kind of getting at that idea that, you know, laboring over something that is a so-called like this is my masterpiece isn't really the point. Your point is to, to do the work. That's the part that you, I guess, get enjoyment from. Is that, yeah, is that fair to say? I think so. Yeah, sure. Um, it's just sort of like automatic thing for me, I, I guess. Like, um, yeah, I'm just super, super interested in doing it. And mm-hmm. so it's just a continuing process of, of that. Yeah. Well, one thing you did is you brought down a stack of tapes from No Kings, yes. uh, the, the label that... Uh, you're a part of and I I wanted to clarify maybe before we get into this stuff because I know you posted something that maybe was on Instagram I think is what it was and there was the hashtag RIP is no kings an active concern or no it's not okay it's pretty um it's pretty done I mean if nobody's really noticed uh, because who who cares but I mean it's like we haven't put out a tape since um you know, 2016. Yeah. See, and I wasn't sure if your latest one was a I, No Kings or not, because I mean, it's also put, affiliated with it. I put No Kings on there, but No Kings has always just been like a name to mm-hmm. put on things. <laughs> right. And so it says No Kings. I, I self, I mean, I, I arranged the production of that cassette. Sure. So I might as well put No Kings on there. Yeah. But I, I, we're not going to put anybody else's music out. Okay. And, uh, but it does say also that, uh, was it pale blue? Yes. It, and, and I'm, that's new to me. I'm not pale thinking. blue is, um, a digital label okay. that, um, is run by Dan Svazeni mm-hmm. and some buddies of his. Um, and Dan is somebody that we released a lot on No Kings. Cough Cool. Right? Yeah. And right. he's in Cough Cool and he's like a pathetic dude. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they started a digital label and they um they they're handling Spotify and placement on okay. all of that gotcha. stuff. And they're going to continue um like they just started doing that. I think right. that's their sixth uh release that they handled. Okay. So, yeah, that's what that's what the deal okay. is. It's okay. like I made the tapes and they put it online. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I was trying to figure out that because I I had noticed that No Kings had been pretty quiet for a while, and yeah. I wasn't sure if this was um, a, legi- a, a proper release on the label. But um, well, and that, I've well, never yeah. put out my own music on it before, you know. So, well, let's let's play something here. This is from a great artist, Felicia Atkinson, here from a tape when she was operating under a different name. And I'm going to let you say because I know I'm going to trip uh, over it. Je suis le petit chevalier. <laughs> yes. So she just is a phenomenal artist. I'm the little knight, I think that means. Yeah. Well, what uh, what track is it that we're going to play? Is it the opening piece? It's the second track on side A. Okay. So this is called Split uh, Split Screen Lava Beds Number 1. And we'll come back and maybe talk about some of the stuff that you played. Great.
Okay, wrapping up that set of music there was an artist that I'm really, really quite fond of. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought this tape along because I actually have never heard that tape. And oh. Talking about, I've called her uh, Ekin Phil. I know you, how, and you pronounce it slightly different. We don't know. I said Ekin, but I've, like, I've only emailed her ever. So right. I've never heard her say her name. Do we need to get the, ask her to send along the grammatical? Like, if the she sound? could upload a YouTube video of Please her do. pronouncing the, her name, that would be wonderful. We, and yeah, accent marks and everything. Let us know. Thank you. <laughs> but we played the track called Aider from, from the tape Heavy, which is really some of her earliest stuff. And she's gone on to put out some terrific new albums on on like uh, Helen Scarsdale and stuff like that. Well, this tape is after her um, her uh, Root Strata releases. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think it's probably her third or fourth release. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you like that really somber, moody stuff, to me, I mean, she's right there in that same league as someone like Grouper who's gone on to, to get quite a bit of acclaim. And I think um, this stuff holds up just as much there's such a spooked i think she's so good and consistent and yeah it's really a really cool project yeah a very consistent and uh definite like she has created her own definite like sound world that uh, she's working within yeah it's pretty cool um in front of that we heard from talk west uh which is dylan um who is no stranger to this show he runs scissor tail editions and this is really um, also kind of a little bit more of a haunted quality compared to some of his newer, more straight Americana stuff. But that's a great tape called Freights and Fields. And was again, this must be some... That's an early stuff. No Kings tape. Yeah, yeah. Like too. this is... I don't know what number it is, but it's pretty early. 30 is what, what I'm reading. <laughs> well, that, okay, that's later than I thought, huh? From okay. 2011 All right. is the year that came from. And then starting us off was... Uh, Jésus, I'm going to let you do it again. Je suis le petit chevalier. Thank you. See, that's better that you do that than I. <laughs> From the release, Discovering Mathematics again. Great, great stuff. And Discovering uh, Mathematics 2. 2, yes, that's right. <laughs> Let's be uh, precise here. <laughs> cool artwork on that. And I kind of want to go back and, and, and talk a little bit more about No Kings, despite the fact that you mentioned that it is now essentially done. It is done. It's put to rest. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, 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 there's no reason to, uh, to like, you know, put a hard line on anything because it's just a casual project. Right. But, um, yeah, we don't have any plans to release anybody else's music. Uh, um, and, yeah, that's just yeah. because where I am in my life. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Life, I don't have that job anymore. And yeah. I don't have a risograph and I don't work at a letterpress studio anymore, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. There you go. Well, you the the label itself actually started you you co-ran it with Stephen Molino, who who's put out some releases. Yes. You guys are friends that go back to uh, when you were living We went in to Tennessee. high school together. Yeah. And it ori- originally started off as something to release essentially your you and your friends projects, right? And you ran yeah. it for a while, and it actually was on a bit of a hiatus and then started back up when you were living in Los Angeles, correct? Oh, well, when we very, very first started it, Mm -hmm. which is like, I mean, 2006, Mm -hmm. we just put out CDRs. And so it was technically called No Kings then. But I mean, um, that was like just really stamping the name on stuff. (laughs) And then when I moved to LA, that's when I um, like really started working on it and making more and make like you know 
manufacturing additions of more than 10. Yeah. Right. Uh, Circulating it beyond just your yeah. immediate friends or something like that. And we like renumber. It was started. Number one is from when I was in LA. Okay. You know, so that before that is kind of like not. It wasn't official. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, in addition to creating your own music over the years, and, and um, you are also a visual artist. And to me, the design work that went along with No Kings was just such an integral part of those releases. And you mentioned that you did have access to like a risograph and, um, you know, working in an area where you could use like screen printing and stuff like that. Um, I, I was wondering, like, did you, you know, as an artist, did you like that aspect of working with cassettes and uh, the J card layout, like that was your canvas, if you will. I mean, being able to create works that were very tactile and, and transportable. <laughs> Did, was that yeah, a cool yeah. part of it? Um, and I, it really was because I worked in a letterpress studio. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's uh, like letterpress is just is so perfect for mm-hmm. this exact little object right i mean i can make 50 or 100 j cards on a proof press like it's so easy mm-hmm. so it, it was just like really perfect and that was really all that i could offer people from a label standpoint that's kind of also why i did it is because like just had this equipment and i could make really nice yeah packaging and um and so that was like the reason to work with No Kings is that I could, you know, give you this very proper, like it would be perfectly cut and folded, right. you know, promise. Um, and that's because I had that equipment. Like we had a giant, um, you know, two ton cutting paper cutting machine. Mm-hmm. So it was instantaneously easy to make J cards. And uh, that was like the impetus for doing it. Yeah, because you were you were doing even like art zines and other publications and stuff too alongside it. Is that correct? I after I stopped working in the letterpress studio, um, I got a risograph, mm-hmm. and that's when we started making zines. Okay, yeah, and uh, we did that for a while. Yeah, and you know, risograph same thing. It's super easy to um, to work on with that medium and like though it's just instantaneous. Like you can get results and make something together, um, put something together like, yeah, really quickly. And, um, yeah, when you have tools like that, it makes, sometimes you can produce all this stuff that you wouldn't even see a reason for before, you know, like it would be a ton of work to do it if I didn't have the means in front of me, I guess if I had like, if I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have just made a zine if I didn't, uh, have that stuff. Right. It, it it gave you motivation or a reason to, yeah. to do it. I mean, I think of that. I mean, just, just even... like exercise, you know, you're <laughs> just like, you're just like, Oh, just working out. Right. This can happen. Yeah. And it gives you, I, I mean, I think, um, it's a way to, to keep things in house and to control things too, without having to pay extra costs. Oh, so exactly. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah, another yeah, aspect. Yeah. Of I that. never had to have anything printed for no Kings. Yeah. Well, is is visual art something that you've done all along? I mean, or was that something that because of the label that spurred you on to to dig deeper into that aspect of your, I guess, creative side? Well, it got way more focused with the label uh, because uh, because there was a specific project to do. do. 
And, um, yeah, I really got back into it because of the printmaking stuff. Like, I just got an internship at this uh, letterpress studio because I thought letterpress was cool. (laughs) And they taught me how to use it, and then suddenly I was a printmaker. You know, like, then you get into uh, different aspects of of designing things uh, after you have that skill, I guess. Like, yeah, it's just the perfect reason to be doing work. Mm -hmm. So I got into it more as I went on through the label. Sure, yeah. Well, let's keep going and play some more of the stuff that you brought along from the label. Now, this one, interestingly, is not officially a No Kings release, but it's an artist that's definitely associated one of your old, I guess, Tennessee partners, Frank Bow here from uh, Sparkling Wide Pressure. And you put out, you know, an LP, some tapes and stuff on yeah. the label. But this one, um, one I haven't heard, and I have quite a bit of his stuff. Well, Frank has a million tapes. He's very prolific. And um, I just, uh, he's such a huge inspiration to me. And um, he's another reason why we did the you know, why we were doing the label. Like he's somebody that we always worked with. And, um, uh, this is one of my favorite tapes of his Mm -hmm. and it's on peasant magic, I think. And it's probably from like 2010, 2011 or something. Early stuff. But, um, it just has one of my favorite tracks I always play. So, uh, I brought that instead of a no Kings. Sure. Thing. So let's play it. What what is do you know the title of this one here? Because it's it's not called the enough. No Self Journey. The No Self Journey. And the track is called What Is Gone. Okay, so here is sparkling wide pressure.
All right, we wrapped up that block of music there with some stuff that was not affiliated with No Kings. No. Uh, although you probably would have liked to worked with the Cocteau Twins, correct? I would have loved that. <laughs> we, that's one thing, kind of going into this, I was trying to look up anything that had been done, Lee, and I think there was something, maybe a couple places where you had Cocteau Twins on mixes, another podcast that you'd done. So I was going to ask you. Anytime anyone asks me... <laughs> to do anything I'll, I'll even talk about Cocteau Twins yeah so this was the obligatory Cocteau Twins selection this was Pink Orange Red from uh, is it a collection Tiny Dynamite that wasn't a full length one. no it's just an EP Any, yeah, yeah yeah. one of their elusive uh, all over the place pressings of different things are you are you in a, uh, a fan of the full 4AD spectrum or is it just Cocteau Twins is, is where it's at they're my favorite, but I, I like a lot of 4AD stuff, yeah. early stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love Dead Can Dance and, um, um, well, I like all the This Mortal Coil oh, stuff. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is a very, it, it can be a patchy back catalog, but some of that stuff is great yeah. for yeah. sure. Uh, we also heard another, another artist not affiliated with No Kings. We heard Marianne Faithful. I'm a fan of Marianne. For yeah. For sure. <laughs> I was, just think that's such a rad track, Broken yeah, English. Yeah, from the 80s. I uh, think it's from maybe almost like late 70s or early yeah, 80s maybe. Pull, yeah. But yeah, it's one of her like took took a long break from music mm-hmm. and then came back and did this totally weird record. Right. So cool. Her voice is all like awesomely strained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just love it. Yeah, that was a title track from uh, Broken English. And then we did uh, play some other tracks again from um, No Kings. We heard something from another Tennessee uh, affiliate, if we will, (laughs) Clearing, we heard from. And maybe you can just explain who that is. This was from another earlier No Kings release. Yeah, um, he's a Murfreesboro dude named Joe Volmer. And um, I just think he had such a cool um, take on, like, ambient drone music you know it just had this like really um distinctive feel to all of his stuff mm-hmm. and i don't i don't i never uh never talked to him about how he recorded or anything mm-hmm. but i think we did three or four tapes for him yeah yeah and his stuff's great it's so distinctive mm-hmm. yeah one of my favorite uh releases in the in your catalog was this inez lightfoot Tape. Yes. I really, really like that one. This is, uh, we played something from Three Weaving at the Well, the track called You Are the Sun, and uh, she's just so. Yeah, great. that's Jackie McDowell from Portland. And uh, I think she did a couple Digitalis releases, and yeah. then I I think I asked her to do a tape, and we played a show together one time in Portland. And, mm-hmm. and I think she later relocated to like Pittsburgh because she's put out some stuff under her given name that I've that's right she switched she she abandoned that and is Inez and uh she put out a LP on Harry Spider Legs I think that's just Jackie McDowell like yeah. self-titled great album yeah and then we started off again with uh Sparkling Wide Pressure a track called What Is Gone and we're kind of heading down to the the last little stretch here of, of music and our time together so um maybe just a couple things I, I know coming up there's a few things that you're going to be involved in you're going to be playing your first show here in the Twin Cities as part of this drone not drone festival a 28-hour drone thing that features a number of artists who are kind of continue this music on and 
that's kind of a cool opportunity to do that. I mean, I know, I, I suppose it's hard to prepare for knowing how you're going to pick up from the previous artist, not knowing even who that's going to be. Yeah. No, it'll be great. I mean, I, th- I think that's, uh, um, it's definitely like the ideal use of, uh, I don't know. It's just the like perfect conceptualization of that, of, of, of drone. Like mm-hmm. everyone plays seamlessly and you just stretch it out as right. long it's like an endurance uh <laughs> protest right it's really great and it is a great cause too all the money that's raised or that goes to the doctors without borders so if you're in and yeah. in, in around the tw- uh the twin cities um i believe it's january i think it starts on the 26th yeah the last friday and saturday of the month uh, at the cedar cultural center a lot of great people sarah devachi is going to be playing um Let's see, Lowe is going to be on the bill, Chuck Johnson. I don't have the roster in front of me, but there's a number of yeah, really, really terrific Nels artists. Nels Klein. Yeah, yeah. So check that Orma. out. Uh, yeah, Drone, uh, Drone Not Drones is what you want to check out for that. And then also I saw uh, next month you're heading off to Japan yeah. to do some dates. That's first time there? Yes. Cool, cool. How did how did that come about? Is that something that you just... I'm super want? excited about that. Um, I was talking to... Um, this guy Takahiro, who does Hakabune, oh yeah, is his yep. project, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just going to be one show initially, and I was like, "Oh, let me see if I can kind of figure out and make this into a thing." So um, he helped me get in touch with some other people, and uh, then it was three shows, and um, it just kind of snowballed. So now I'm going to play seven over 10 days yeah and i'm going to five cities that's cool yeah i'm super excited just playing some like cool little art galleries and um venues and i'm playing out an apartment show (laughs) oh really the the house show yeah Yeah. in tokyo which should be awesome with these uh these artists that run a publishing um little project called slow editions okay yeah and yeah, I just, I just can't wait. Yeah, it should be a cool opportunity. So yeah, if you're if you're listening in Japan, <laughs> go over. I guess do you have the dates posted? I suppose on yeah, I have them on media. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And it starts uh, February seventeenth is my first cool. show, and that's a huge jump. Uh, being I just always think of the the language barrier in Japan. I feel like, and the amount of people there. But I'm uh, I am be, stepping off a ledge. I don't. Yeah. I'm gonna go alone, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll see how I do. But I mean, there's there's gonna be somebody to help you hang with me in every place that I go to, whether it's somebody at the venue or a band I'm playing with. So that helps. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into this last little segment of music here. We're going to start off with something. This great GRM reissue from Jap. Vink here and this I'm glad you brought this because I've been meaning to buy this record so yeah <laughs> one of super these, good yeah one of these great uh, new recollection GRM editions that it, the whole series is pretty phenomenal but this is great so we're going to play a, um, an excerpt here from this piece called residuals and then I think we're going to wrap up with a group that you again goes back to your your roots in Tennessee and it's something very different from uh, any, anything that you've done solo, it's this project called Horsehair Everywhere, which was this free improv, free psych ensemble. Is that a, a fair way to put it? Yeah, we would just we would just hang out and turn on the mics. 
mm-hmm. and make a lot of noise. Yeah. Uh, and we would, in, we'd invite different people. Mm-hmm. It was very loose. So, but, um, yeah, just group sound collage. Yeah. Really. So it was very cathartic. I bet. Yeah. So the, the, the piece that will, that will take us to the very end of the show is going to be from this record called the beginning of a protracted struggle. And when was this stuff recorded? Like what year would this be? Um, God, maybe 2011 or okay. 10, maybe. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you would, would you have you been living in LA? Did you come back and just do these yes. sessions like a hang session? Yeah, uh, that would have been, I forget when now, um, but it would have been one of the times that I went back to Tennessee to sure. visit my family. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Very cool. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming down. It's been, we, we've made it work. We've had some technical difficulties, but it, it all came together. I always have technical difficulties. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you very much for having me on the show. Cool. So, here it is. Uh, this is Jap Vink here to take us into the closing segment of the show. <laughs> 